hello, hello, and welcome. You are listening to the version four podcast. I am Bersaloon, and this is episode uh, 18, 19. Holy crap! Wow, we're getting we're making progress. Episode 19. Let's go, gang, gang. Um, so I'm, I'm liking this new, this, this is my new setup. This is my new setup, right? The consistency in this, in this, I don't know. I don't believe in the, uh, the, uh, colonial, what, what is the, this, uh, in white supremacist, imperial colonialist concept of linear time, uh, non fucking around, but I don't believe in that. So because of that, I'm just going to. I'm going to drop these about every week, right? The actual day, I can't tell you the actual day. There's no empirical time anymore. The only empirical time is the blockchain, and it's the 10 minutes between every block being set. The global... Look, here's the thing. Yes, in a localized area, right, time is very, very uh, discreet. It's a very discreet entity, um, I know exactly when I have to be at work or this, that, or the other thing. Not that, you know, I'm really doing anything these days. I'm doing everything at the computer. Um, right. But once, but with the pandemic, well, before, way before the pandemic, when I started trading crypto markets and spending all my time online and on IRC chat rooms in like 2006, pretty much when I started actually not even earlier than even before that 2003 when I started to get really really into v bulletin uh forums when I started using v bulletin and uh what's the other one can't think of the other one but there's two major forum plat- message board platforms back in the day when I started going on v bulletin forums in 2003 ever since then my concept of time has been absolutely destroyed right when I can comment and it and you know and when the posts start to drizzle and the volume goes down you know the, the sign that you know the night's the like the evolutionary sign that the night is winding up and the conversation's ending um this will happen and then all of a sudden the you know the next major time zone will wake up right it's it's what is it it's three o'clock in the morning now when i'm recording this in my time zone but that also means that the australians are waking up they wake up the australians wake up in, in like a couple hours i want to say around five o'clock australians all wake up and then i want to say that like this is the london open at 3 a.m yeah 3 a.m right maybe i got it backwards maybe the london open is London is ahead or behind. So California is behind. So it's five hours ahead of us. Yeah, this is the London Open for the stock market, right? So at three o'clock in the morning, at 3.30 in the morning, London starts trading, right? So back in the days of Forex, I mean, there's still Forex now, obviously. Forex being foreign exchange trading for currencies. So like trading the US dollar into like the pound, etc. You know the the traders who do forex. Forex is the is a twenty four hour market, right? And there's three major time zones. There's the London Open, the New York Open, and then there's the uh, Tokyo Open, right? So those are the three major financial centers. Um, and they're in they're about five or so hours apart, five to eight hours apart, right? Yeah. This is. Um, they attack me. I'm sorry. Excuse me. They attack me. Um, as Bap would say, I'm gonna say that when I yawn from now on, because I, I always start yawning when I do this. But um, the London Open, the Tokyo Open, and the New York Open, and in forex, these are like when the volume starts to pick up, and you can generally trade around the opening and the closing of each of the markets, because in legacy markets, there's pretty much set windows of time which trading, right? For example, in the U in uh the in America, in the U.S. market, from eight thirty, nine thirty, sorry, from nine thirty a.m. Eastern to four thirty p.m. Eastern, the American stock market, the Wall Street is open, right? And London has its similar hours in their own time zone, respectively, right? So this is how Forex started to work. Now, once the 
there's a lot of there's a very similar behavior pattern with posting online maybe it's a little bit pushed back it's pushed back a couple hours because you know people don't necessarily wake up at nine o'clock um they might wake up at 11 or something 10 or 11 i don't know maybe that's late i don't know i don't know when people wake up but for posting at least online people maybe post their lunch hour or something so the the so the official like the the phase shift of the between the official like stock market openings for forex and when people start posting or there's a there's a plus or minus window about when people actually start doing it but essentially once i started posting on these v bulletin or getting on these irc chat rooms in like you know the mid 2000s um you know, the my concept of time pretty much was destroyed because whenever people in my time zone would fall asleep the next one would wake up and here we are in this never-ending cycle right most of my friends online were your europeans and people on the west coast because i would stay up till three four five in the morning and then other insomniacs in california i could stay up till six o'clock in the morning because i know for a fact that some insomniac in california is going to stay up till three o'clock in the morning just like me right i became friends with this like strange radio host now i'm sure he was kind of a pedo low-key because i was i was underage I'll tell about this story. I didn't. I didn't do any weird pedo shit. I'm just saying, like, it was weird because the, the the IRC chat room I was in. This is back before social media was particularly heavy. MySpace was around, and Facebook had just came out like six months to a year earlier, but no one was really on it except for like college people and a couple trendy high school kids. Um, so we weren't talking on Facebook, but. Um, my like we I did like talk talk to like older people on MySpace and stuff, but the internet was a little less segregated by age back then. It's it's kind of like how TikTok is now, where you just have everyone of all ages, and it's very strange to see it in twenty twenty one because back then it was kind of normal. No one really you had to do the whole ASL thing like with your age, sex, location, and if you didn't do that, everyone was anonymous because that's just how the internet was, and it's just how it is now. Right, you were most of the people were probably lying about their ASL anyway, so it's like fuck it, um, just like fuck it. Everyone's just online, right? And this had some positives and had some negatives. Now we're in the quote-unquote face fag internet, and everyone is doxed and cloud chasing and just being cringe as fuck, and everyone's worried about this, that, and the other thing, and about flaming and and toxicity. It's so it's it's so lame. But anyway, that's not the point of this topic. The point of this episode today, we're going to talk about blockchain and NFTs. Why did I even bring up the Forex stuff? Oh, yeah, got it. So the, the, the Forex thing was the Bitcoin and the um, Bitcoin tr crypto trading is also global like the Forex market. It has similar behavioral patterns as the Forex market because it's global. So the relativity of time is very apparent. But it's made even. But there is, um, as balance is like the yin to this yang, the the time between blocks is a is a constant is a constant discrete marker of objectivity and objective time on the internet. So while the global market, while the global nature of the internet is moving because of crypto. Um, and it's and it's destroying one's look the localized regional feeling of your t of time. It's like it's I don't want to say this word, but it's queering it to to some to some degree. At the same time, that same exact entity is also creating this objectivity with each tick of the blockchain. But whatever, each mining of each crypto block, and it takes like ten minutes between each block. Uh, that was a whole fucking long like diatribe. Anyway, that's not the point. So the point of this is about NFTs and, and blockchain and shit. So like, let me let me first start off. There's NFTs have been booming. I'm sure you've heard nothing. I'm sure you've heard a constant talk and chatter about NFTs in the last few months. They've been booming all year. Um, they've actually this is not the first year that they've shown up. They've actually been around for many years. Um, the very very first thing I lost money on in crypto was an NFT. It was a Pepe Cash. It was Pepe Cash, right? So this is 2017. Um, I bought Pepe Cash during during the uh, 2017 
altcoin boom. So this is, if you don't know, there was a couple altcoin booms that happened along the way. Um, and the major, major one that everyone remembers happened like right after uh, the all-time high in, of 20K at the beginning of 2018, right? But there was a smaller one that happened like in the summer leading up to, it's like the test pump as they call it. And in that time, I bought Pepe Cash on the Counterparty uh, blockchain. This is XCP. I got it on Tux, Tux, whatever, T-U-X something. Tux Exchange, right? Classic, classic, uh, a classic exchange. Real G's now. But um, the, the I bought this. I bought like not even that much, maybe like a few hundred dollars of it, a couple hundred dollars of it. And I was like, this is going to go to the fucking moon. I, it was actually a whole co- elaborate thing in my head. Um, Pepe Cash was a coin. It was the backing for these rare Pepe's, and the rare Pepe's were essentially NFTs, and they were traded just like NFTs are traded now. They were bid on. They had really really cool artwork. Anyone can submit art. It was actually a really really cool project, and it's, it was better than. Dare I say it's actually better art than almost all of the projects that are out now. The difference between. They were just Pepe's, like you would imagine, like just like you would see on Twitter. Exact same thing. Then people just made all the rare Pepe's. Um, and I actually really, really liked it. And it's funny, is my I had a whole like I had this whole like mental projection. I was like, Trump's gonna win. Um was this twenty how to be twenty sixteen then? Cause this was based on Trump winning. That's so weird. Maybe this was twenty sixteen I bought it. No, no, I had to have bought it twenty seventeen. Um, it had something to do with Trump's victory and then making money and yada yada yada. But the art was great. It was NFT. It was before its time. Around this time, Crypto Kitties also showed up, and but these things were so the networks were not ready to handle the volume, and also the user base was different. The crypto space hasn't hadn't matured. So people just weren't willing to spend the gas prices to keep the whole thing going. It just was very, very early, right? All these products are good, but they were just early. Um, and NFTs, um, for those who are not in the loop, I know I've been talking for like 15 minutes already. NFTs are non-fungible tokens, right? So fungible meaning something that can be ma- uh, changed, something that's malleable. Um, non-fungible tokens are... Tokens that cannot be changed, obviously, just like that's the basic premise of the blockchain to begin with. And the whole point of NFTs is if we create a, you could trade uh, items, like whether it be, you could tokenize items or property, right? You can tokenize art, um, product, art or music or what have you. You can tokenize it, you can mint it to the blockchain and you can trade it with have and have a uh, ledger, a public ledger that demonstrate that keeps track of the uh the uh proof of custody the chain of custody sorry it keeps track of the chain of custody on the blockchain and therefore you can verify uh the uh legitimate legitimate like objects right so that's the whole point of nfts right so essentially it's the same exact concept of any cryptocurrency is essentially use cryptography to verify the authenticity of transactions and maintain a public ledger that's held, that's decentralized and distributed amongst uh, thousands of computers. And that way, if anyone, that way the uh, ledger is immutable because it can't, it always has to be tested against other computers and there's a whole governance system, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's taking that premise about transactions and instead of thinking about this only as money, money, thinking about um, the transactions of money and abstracting them a little bit to one le- level higher and realizing that cryptocurrency and blockchain is not about money per se. It's about the transfer of property, any kind of any type of property over a distributed network. Just like you can transfer any kind of digital file online, the concept is to take the the tangible nature of money and transactions and realizing that you can transfer right now starting at art but there's no reason why you can't uh transfer transfer like the deed to your house uh and verify the and using some kind of smart contract transfer the deed and ownership of your house from one person to another digitally see what i'm saying 
that's just the basis. Um, I'm going to get into that more in the next section. Hello, I am on the on the Twitter, and I I speak to men. No, nah, I'm not gonna do the BAP accent. That is my favorite favorite accent. I just talk like that all the time. I know it seems like I'm a, I'm a BAP stan. I am a BAP stan. There, oh, actually, I've had like a dozen people. Am I exaggerating by saying a dozen? I can't say. I might be exaggerating maybe half dozen no somewhere between a half dozen and a full dozen people dm me asking about the bap interview let me just put it on the intro on the on the on the uh on wax here and tell you guys uh the issue with this so i love bap i i wasn't dm'd to bap and bap did agree i can actually even show you the screenshot of bap agreeing to come on here's the problem this is actually very common when it comes to podcast guests there's actually like at least six to ten people that have agreed to come on and have not come on or got spooked who or or who agreed to come on but got spooked around when they started banning everyone um the first time around the election so like around october november let's say like october november somewhere around there um i've had a very very difficult time getting people to come on the podcast even though even people who have agreed and people who have wanted to talk to me, um, they were out got spooked. Like let's think of like there's one notable one, and I'm not putting him on blast if he's listening. Ben Ben Winnegard, right? Ben Winnegard. Um, he did the ending Bickley book, and I wanted to talk to him about the release or whatever on on the podcast. Or no, Bill Mitchell. I I can't keep. Probably it's Bill Mitchell. I'm I'm giving someone. Actually, I have the book right here. One second. Why am I fucking... Okay, so it's Bill Marchant. I don't know where I got Ben Mitchell or Ben Ben Weissigard or... I don't know where I got these other names. But whatever. It's That's besides the point. So Bill Marchant. I was trying to get Bill Marchant on. And, you know, because this is around the election and people were getting banned and whatever. And people were concerned, right, that... Whatever, that being doxxed or being more vocal than necessary would be an issue then they were starting to get skittish right and you can and i can understand that right the response to the the response since the election has been full one-party state mode and i've and i've been talking about that on the podcast since so i'm not even upset about it um and this is true for not just bill marchand but also even if not said explicitly the the lack of engagement um the lack of like 
willingness for people to come on has makes me feel like it's, it's kind of a general sentiment, right? When you see Nick Fuentes get like kicked off literally every platform and deplatformed from even D Live, which is a blockchain streaming service, right? You just you just start to go, okay, there's a little bit more going on here than just like people just you know wanting to like renege on their promises, right? So similarly with Bat. He has his podcast, right? And it's a very, very great. It's a great podcast. It's my favorite podcast. It's the only. It's the only podcast I listen to every single episode of without fail. Um, so check that out. Uh, Caribbean rhythms. Caribbean rhythms episode sixty. Yeah. So yeah, check out Caribbean rhythms. Um, and then hopefully in the future he will come on. I know he's writing a second book. Um, and when he releases that, maybe he'll be more willing to come on other people's podcasts. He actually doesn't. I've, I've, I've talked to Bap quite a bit actually And he, he doesn't really go on other, anyone else's podcast He's done it once Maybe twice But I don't even think that Oh yeah twice He's done it once for Jack Whatever that guy's name is That like alt-right dude No like that Like the super like Masculinity Twitter dude Jack Ryan, Jack Murphy or something like that he went on his podcast, and he and the Russian dudes he keeps bringing on his podcast, he returned the favor and went on theirs, right? So that's the only two non-native uh, podcast appearances he's, he's made, right? So it's not even like he's being, he's not even like he's just being skittish or like whatever. He's, he's, he's being consistent. He just isn't on other people's podcasts that often. But that's besides the point. So if you're looking for that, I also... Heavily look forward to it And there actually are other people I want to talk to I'm considering to talk to more crypto people I made this podcast to of to, to branch out My initial purpose of making this Was to get outside of my crypto bubble And explore more of my other interests um, But at the moment Crypto's booming And literally every fucking corner of Twitter Is merging with crypto Twitter at the moment So fuck it We'll, 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 come, we'll get back to our roots but anyway, so the whole, so let's get, this is actually an article. One of the first articles I wrote, um, I actually wrote it under my docs, but whatever. Um, and it's about, but like, I, it's, it, I don't think it's, it's no longer hosted under my docs, but I wrote, I originally wrote it under my docs. Um, and, uh, it's called, the idea was like, there's, there's a, there's a phrase, I think it was, um, and... Andre on the blah 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 German name I'm not uh, Greek name um, He talks about how Bitcoin's the internet of money And in a lot of ways this is true It is the internet of money Bitcoin is taking money And And decentralizing uh, Putting it on a network And decentralizing the The transaction history It's it, it is It's an internet protocol It's adding a monetary protocol layer To the internet Right, so another protocol layer you might be familiar with would be email. Email is a protocol layer on the internet. You can send messages over the internet on this protocol layer. Same thing as messages. Bitcoin is essentially email for money. Funny enough, this is the concept behind PayPal. They just couldn't do it as they couldn't figure out the the um the way to do it without uh. Like the issue of double spending, right? Which is the issue that Bitcoin solves with cryptography. They couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, so they were like, how about instead we link your email to uh, f- financial payment services and send them, right? So Bitcoin is taking that um, concept of PayPal, which still is very, very useful. I use it all the time. Um, taking the concept of PayPal, but also linking PayPal to using peer-to-peer, uh, peer-to-peer networks to host uh, the transactions and the mining of the blocks and whatever on multiple nodes simultaneously and to function as an, a, na- a native internet currency that's not beholden to any government and it's, and it's peer-to-peer as opposed to being centralized with a centralized banking system, right? So this is the, this is the novelty of Bitcoin, right? We're all familiar with Bitcoin. Now, Ethereum is essentially the same concept as Bitcoin, but on top of that, Vitalik created a Turing complete, uh, uh, what's it called, like a programming language to go on top of Ethereum. And the point of that was he also understand that in, that cryptocurrency is not just 
internet of money. It's more than that. It's the transfer of value. It is, it is transferring of value. It is transactions of all types. It is a trustless, uh, it's a trustless ability for, it's a, it's a trustless means for people to create transactions and to transfer property between different people, right? So this is what Vitalik in his pure Russian autism created the Ethereum network and created uh, the ability, made it Turing complete, which with Salinity, I believe is the name of the Ethereum language. Um, maybe I'm mixing that up with something else. And the point of this was to make sure that there is an ability to build programs on top of a cryptocurrency. So Ethereum was mined just like Bitcoin. I think it's different now. I think it has a different governance protocol now. But the point was you want to create a network just like Bitcoin with the blockchain, etc. But you want to be able to be able to build other networks on top of the blockchain. And this is where gas comes in. And this is where how you get your link, your chain links and your pretty much almost every other altcoin you know about came from Ethereum. Right. So that's where we are there. Now, after you created Ethereum and then created ERC-20 tokens, which are what most uh uh, t- which is what most of the year, like altcoins are, like what your um, chain link would be, for example, the ERC20, right? Once you've created Ethereum and you've created the next layer of ERC20 coins, there is the NFTs, which are ERC7 somethings. ERC7, I don't, it doesn't really matter. It's ERC7 something. There's some some other arbitrary number. And the point of the, of this is what we would now call non-fungible tokens and these are property these the contracts are property um management essentially you're taking um minted these minted tokenized objects right so there is a some kind of object that's assigned to some token and it's on and you can't change it just like you would any other coin but instead of it being a full blockchain it's it's simply a like limited edition pro- minting of some object and these are also moving around the ethereum network and these are your nfts right so i know it's a lot there's a lot to c- keep track of now but the thing is now the market's far more mature than it used to be so it's not just a um, ERC-20 to, um, they're not just the Ethereum blockchain. There's also your BEP, your Binance, um, smart contract, the BSC, Binance smart chain, right? And there's also like all your DeFi protocols and there's just a lot more happening in the market now. So when I'm on the internet and I have people blowing up my notifications on some bullshit, like this is, duh, 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 this is not all going to go to zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're no, it's not. That already, here's the thing, guys. I know that many of you are new, right? And I don't blame you because it's a very autistic type of, it's a very new technology. It's only been around for like a decade to some, more or less. And the advance has happened very, very quickly. Um, The stuff that I'm talking about now, if you had asked me in 2019, actually, there's many, many tweets of me talking about how they were not viable. In 2019 and now 100% of the innovation is happening in DeFi and it's happening in NFTs and these are things that I've been on the record saying are not viable right but now that we've had some technological improvements we can we can do this with some legitimacy right so when you know people come in and tell me like this stuff is all gonna go to zero I'm like you missed that opportunity so th- it's Lindy now your Lindy heuristic is starting to come into play right so when you, you know, the whole Taleb thing, right? Which is funny because Taleb's kind of anti-crypto in a lot of ways. The whole Taleb, the same Taleb thing was with Lindy was like, for every year that something exists, is that much more likely that it'll continue to exist for that same amount of time in the future? So, for example, if I, if you and I have been together, if I'm dating some ga- a gal, a lady, if I was, you know, if I was a, a, a girlfriend haver, right. And I was talking to a gal and she, and I was dating her for a week. It is fairly likely that I'll probably see her for another week, but there's also, 
because it's such a new novel concept, it's not very likely. It's still kind of fleeting, right? If you're together with someone for a year, the chances of you being together with someone for two years is also dramatically improved, right? You've already been in there for a year. You've already invested for a year. So on the tail end, that year coming out down is even more likely. So this extends to many, many, many other domains, right? So for the sake of like, um, so like the American, the American civilization, right? The United States of America, the country, right? It's been in existence since 1776. So there is a similar amount of time there's a higher probability that it is a high probability that it'll exist for another 200 some odd years in the future 250 years in the future now with that said it what's more lindy than the united states right it's also very possible that the united states can end tomorrow but you know what probably won't end tomorrow regardless of what happens to the united states new york city new york city is older than the united states of america that makes sense harvard is old is that true Oxford. Oxford's older than the United States of America, regardless of what global system happens, right? Um, I want to say Harvard's older, too, but maybe not. Um, regardless of what changes happen in the global climate, Oxford's not going anywhere. Oxford, even if it, even if university degrees are no longer important, the Oxford, the institution of Oxford is just, is going to last for X number of years in the future. Oxford is older than the Aztec Empire, which is a weird thing to say, but it's true. Um. So what was I saying? Uh, what was I saying? Anyway, so this is what Lindy is, right? So for every year in existence that Bitcoin is, Bitcoin's been around for ten years. So it's pr- the likelihood of it going away at this point is starting to decrease and and here's the thing about bitcoin based on its use case and the way that bitcoin works is like if bitcoin is going to be around for 10 more years then it's going to be around for 100 more years if that makes sense the way that bitcoin's use case is is set up like the bitcoin if bitcoin is going to die it's going to die now right this is like in fact, what's funny, actually, I'll say this. If Bitcoin was going to die, it was going to die when the coronavirus dump to 3000 happened, right? Even I was very skeptical at that time, right? So seeing Bitcoin go to 2000, 20,000, and then seeing it hit like 12 to 15,000 the following year, I was personally very skeptical after seeing it dump off the, from 14,000 in the summer back down to 5K and then kind of. Peter, Peter, and then down to 3K during the coronavirus stuff, I was hesitant. I actually thought this might have been the end. I was planning on putting uh, all the money I had when I saw that the coronavirus stuff was happening into Bitcoin, but I was I was skeptical. I'm going to be honest, right? But then seeing it bounce off the bottom like it did around 5k I was like okay it's not dead if it's not dead now it's not gonna die and here we are and it's probably gonna break 60k in this month right so that's just kind of how the use case works if this isn't the super cycle pump to infinity just like Zusu said then it's probably never gonna get there it's never gonna have a super cycle this is it's make or break time this is the year We'll we'll know definitively, and I say this, put this on the record, and come find me if this is not the case. If Bitcoin does, if Bitcoin continues to go up, and it goes up to like a hundred k or so this year, then Bitcoin's also going to go to ten million, right? If Bitcoin dies this year, like if it hits you know fifty, sixty k or whatever, and then drops down and kind of never comes back up, then it's never going to be the hyper Bitcoinization theory that citadel timeline that's not happening but in my personal opinion we would never have gotten to 50,000 from 3,000 in literally one year one year ago today bitcoin was three thousand dollars three thirty five hundred something like that right this this would have never happened this 20x would have never happened if this was not the 10 million dollar timeline but um enough bull tarting i'll be right back no my life is gone for good. A warm embrace from all the 
Meghan Markle's been fucking whiny about being impressed about some shit of the royal family. I'm like, yo, this is bitch is a literal fucking princess, bro. Not even like, oh, she's a prince. No, she's a literal, literal, like princess in the royal family talking about oppression. Shut the hell up. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. The internet, the world's gotten so stupid. But anyway, I'm gonna use this guy uh, from Twitter as a uh, as a teachable moment, as they say. So this man's. I was talking about how like. Okay, so there's a big right now. There's a very very big um. Anti, there's a big leftist rhetoric thing right now, um, and I've seen this from people. Every time crypto starts to pump, um, there's a leftist doctrinal pushback on cryptocurrency. Right? It's like a it's it's done. It doesn't make any sense. Like mathematically, it doesn't make any sense. And like if you use any kind of second like higher reasoning, it's like a stupid argument. But whenever crypto pumps, and you see it every couple of years or whatever leftists start to get on their high horse about it killing the environment, right? The energy costs, it's it's killing the environment. We can't afford to kill the environment, blah, 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 right? And all of this, you know, people freak, all the leftists freak out every couple of years when Bitcoin's making money. And it's not because they actually care about the environment. Just no, no, I want it to be perfectly clear. Leftists do not care about the environment whatsoever. They want, they want you to think they care about the environment. This is the case with pretty much every one of their political opinions. It has nothing to do with actual... None of their positions are legitimate, if that makes sense. So, the primary purpose of their positions is to demonstrate that, as I said in the, in the Blue Church episode, is to demonstrate that they're aligned with the orthodoxy. That is more. It's more important for them to signal to other people that they agree with the orthodoxy and they have the correct opinions than it does than it is to actually have the correct opinion just let me say that again it's more important for the, to signal to other people around them that they have the correct opinion than it is that their opinion is correct okay so in reality the energy costs for the blockchain sure are higher than whatever but like it takes like as one of my commenters said it takes like eight nuclear warheads it takes eight nuclear power plants to worth of energy to run the internet every single day and over half the internet's pornography right and no one and no one's sitting here talking about how it's killing the environment when they're jerking off right no one gives a fuck right no one cares about the environment when they're sending pepes to their friend on instagram or when they're saying Pepe, well, I love you some Pepe's. When they're t- sending shit on Pinterest or making TikToks, no one cares about the environment. But they care about the environment when people are minting crypto because it's the point isn't to signal uh, a factual statement regarding energy costs. The point is to, is to signal, and they don't, I don't think they're even consciously doing it. They just know instinctively what they should signal f- for and against. They're signaling against. Uh, unorthodox, and I mean this is like non-orthodox uh, challenges to the orthodoxy. So, um, cryptocurrency challenges the the current elite. It, it challenges the current financial elite. It creates. Oh, they attack me. They attack me. Um, it creates like excuses. It not sorry. It, it creates an exit from the current. Uh, power system right the current financial power system it's a it's a means it's 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 the burgeoning it's the blooming of the blossoming of the next uh of the next financial paradigm right and they can see this but they're already invested so heavily in the current one in the current globalist paradigm of like capital and whatever that the quote-unquote hyper capital the hyper capitalism as people as a lot of them like to talk about it they see it as like evil and it's like they say they eschew it but it's not because they're not pro-globalism leftists are all pro-globalism none of them are about localism in any sense nothing that they like is about being less global right so it's and or creating a more global connected world like they're not talking no one cares that they that they're taking like flights to other countries to like to see the culture no one cares about trips trips to Africa because they feel like they want to get 
in touch with like no one gives a fuck about or they don't care about when they're making soy products that take up more energy than you know growing food none of this matters to them what matters is that they signal correctly right so a lot of these leftists especially artists right they respond to this platform uh let me bring it up what uh what the platform's name is um i guess it doesn't really matter but anyway, so I was saying, um, oh, it's funny how they say that NFTs are bad for the environment, but then like chopping down rainforest to make the drugs to give to like trans people, that is perfectly fine for the environment, right? It, it It's not, it's ir- illogical, right? Right, so anyway, so one of the guys is, dude, I'm gonna, uh, I'm not gonna call him out, but he was like, NFTs are one of the most stupid things I've seen in a while. Making a digital archive yours, like dot, 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 dude, I can copy it whenever I want and have it as much as you. There's no original, right? And this is like the most like 2016 take, right? Everyone had the same idea, right? Everyone's like, oh, I could just copy and paste it. See, what's the point of having rare Pepe's? I can just copy and paste it. But here's the thing, dude. You can't just copy and paste it. Actually, let me just, so I responded. Let me just actually just give you the full story and then I'll, I'll, I'll go on my tangents. But, um, I was like, bro, I can make a one-to-one, high-resolution, perfect replica of the Mona Lisa, right? But the one hanging in the Louvre is priceless, right? So just to clear up this analogy, yeah, I'm sure you can copy and paste the image associated with the NFT, but you don't have the real one. You have a replica. You have a fake. And it's not just you have a fake. It's you have a fake, and I can prove it that you have the fake. I can show you the chain of custody on the blockchain on this distributed ledger that's hosted on thousands of computers simultaneously that can confirm that what you have is fake and what I have is real, right? So the man's like, yeah, exactly, but a digital life, a digital file, they're exactly the same. Let's see how long this craziness lasts. And it's just such a fucking lame thing to say. Yeah, whatever. And I'm just like, bro. This is a one-to-one comparison, whatever. You get the point, right? So it's like he's just being ass mad because he wants to fight against the the coming, the next the next wave of technology, the next paradigm. You can't, you're not going to get anywhere fighting against what the future holds, right? You, you with technology, with te- te- I mean, I, I've seen, I've called a few. I haven't necessarily made assholes of money like people like Cobain have made money but like you know you see a few paradigms and like I'm not even the earliest adopter of NSTs not like I have a crypto punk but like you you could see certain technologies coming down the pipe and you go okay you should be able to recognize them at the very least and when you recognize something that's gonna definitely be around don't fight it that's the dumbest thing you can do fighting it you just you go with it ride the tiger man um and I'm like uh so what did he say? He said something that. Uh, does this is anything else interesting? Oh, and then I was like, bro, let me ask you something. What's the likelihood in your head? And this, I'm asking this to the audience as well. Those of you listening, what in your head? Let me ask you a serious question. What is the likelihood the internet disappears in your lifetime? Okay. Now, considering the speed at which everything is increasing, right, and and the and the speed at which technology is adopted. Do you think that owning the first wave of NFTs might be worth something, even if you think that it's not inherently valuable? Do you think in 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years going, oh, I have what is probably the first popular crypt, like NFT, do you think that might be worth something? You don't think that maybe getting becoming a part of a technology that's definitely going to outlive you might be important? Yeah. Shit, they just fucking, um, hilariously, actually to this point, they just, someone put the very first film, like, here, actually, the very first motion picture is a video, is this film of a horse galloping, the very first one, it's not that elaborate, there's no story, but it's the very first one, and we've all seen it, um, not we all, I know I've seen it, right, and many people else have seen it, right, the very first movie is a film of this horse galloping, and they was just shown, it was just put onto some nano chip, I just saw an article about it like a day ago, and someone inserted it to themselves, into themselves, right, so then you just gotta consider, being in on the ground floor, something that's, that's new, and, uh, 
paradigm shifting, maybe consider to not shit on it because you want to be fucking cool. And maybe think about maybe you don't know everything. And maybe the... And even if you think you know everything and then you're right, right? MySpace is a shitty idea. It's just a website, right? Facebook isn't particularly... At the time, wasn't particularly advanced. Snapchat literally was not advanced whatsoever. There... Tumblr was just a paid, it's just a blog. There's so many things. Twitter, in fact, Twitter was so low level. Like in, is Twitter used to be so um rudimentary that when in my, maybe not my entry level, the second programming, yeah, the second programming class that I took, the very sec, the second one, right? This was a, uh, yeah, I guess it would be like a 200 level class, uh. It was a class in Python, and in one of our recitations, it's like your three-hour class that happened on Friday. We literally built Twitter, the entirety of Twitter, and its back and its um, uh, all the you know the the um, I've learned I've lost all the terminology, all of your back whatever, back not back door, all the heart under the shit that's under the hood. We built all that stuff, and we built the UI as well all within our recitation in three hours, right? And this is knowing only fairly rudimentary programming skills. And this is now, we're all talking on it, and it's worth billions of dollars. And it's literally deciding elections. So consider that you don't need to be the most advanced if your idea is revolutionary. It doesn't have to be completely new. It just has to be, it just has to be paradigm shifting and get the network effect behind it. And that's the case with NFTs. So regardless, even if you don't think that these are worth anything, it doesn't fucking matter because there's millions, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, probably actually not even hundreds of thousands, there's tens of thousands of people using NFTs right now and they're going up insane amounts of money and that's, and it doesn't fucking matter what you think. The network effect's already behind it. All right, so I'll be back in a second and uh, to finish this off. So we're back for the final, for the finale, the finale. But, uh, so fucking, yeah, so leftists on some bullshit again, as they always are. They're fucking treasonous. I'm sick of them. They, they're just, they're treasonous against the human spirit. They're, they're, they're haters of vitality. Walkers of the left hand path. Truly satanic. We don't fuck with them. But anywho, um... So anyway, speaking of NFTs, so the other, not just, so NFTs are obviously there's the, there's your more notable things like CryptoPunks and there's your things like art blocks, which I really fucking like. I really like art blocks and there's a thing called hash runes, which is like a generative algorithm thing where you write in, there's a few generative algorithm things where you kind of put in some information and they create an art piece and it's, and you mint it yourself. And it's your own 
edit your own piece. Like I, I just got a hash room. It's, it's like you know, I don't know, a few hundred dollars. I don't know what the conversion is. It was like point oh, it was point one, some odd Ethereum after. It was like point one two Ethereum after the um, after the minting, after the gas fees, right? Which are hellacious right now. But regardless, the um. So yeah, so these are I think our blocks are pretty cool. You know, there's only like ten thousand. You, it's they're not the Genesis block, but they're the first edition. And I really and I'm sure that you know once the first edition sells out, they'll probably escalate in value. But I also might just keep it just for the fun. But there's other cool ideas that are also that that this creates right. This creates demand for things like um. What's there's a VR thing where people. There's a VR project. I honestly cannot remember the name of it. I've been looking for it, but I, I genuinely cannot. This VR project where you can, everyone can display their NFTs in this like VR gallery. So you create the gallery, create all the, create all of the uh, furniture and the design of your gallery. I actually went to a, uh, a NFT talk hosted by Coin Artist. Uh, in like 2018 where this guy was talking about it and it, and I saw it actually a visual of it on the timeline very very recently I just again I can't remember the name of it um, but there's also like physical frames right so what if you wanted uh, excuse me what if you wanted uh, a physical tangible frame that you can connect to your computer via Wi-Fi or whatever that you can show you can show your NFTs on That'd be pretty cool. That'd be a really cool company. There's there's really nothing like that right now. Um, so that creates, you know, there's other... Um, I think artists should look at this as a positive. There's this, this adds to the space. I've seen a lot of artists on the timeline recently. All of them are pushing back, which is really funny because artists have high openness generally. But they're all pushing back, right? Even people I like, my boy Gio, check out the episode I did with Gio. He was skeptical at first too, but again, all of this stuff is just, it just adds more novelty. It adds more room for creativity, right? It seems kind of silly now. It seems hobbyist right now. And it is a hobbyist. It's a hobbyist enterprise entirely right now. It's it's the first, so like in the adoption curve, there's hobbyists and it makes like no money. That's when I got in with my fucking Pepe Cash and lost everything that I put into it, which is like a hundred dollars. So it doesn't really matter. Right. And then there's the second wave where like your early adopters. And this is when some of the money starts to flow in. Right. That's where we are now. We're in the early adopter phase of NFTs. Right. The market's going to boom. It's all going to fucking go to zero briefly. Right. Um, the legitimate projects, which at the moment there are quite a few legitimate projects. So don't worry about that. The market's not going to completely go to zero. It's going to probably like deflate. Right. And then there's going to be the, large heavy adopting adoption curve that's next and in the next curve i can't tell you what's gonna happen in this curve at this curve we have your crypto punks and you have your art blocks and you have your nba top shots and you have your whatever right a lot of demand for these silly projects um and they're making some money right so like you see a crypto punk sell for you know hundreds of eth right so that's like tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars right and you're like holy shit that's a lot of money right but it's pennies compared to what a banksy would sell for right it's pennies compared to what if i sold a one of the uh pop art uh andy warhols i'm sure that will sell for millions of dollars one andy warhol probably sells for at least double eight figures i'd be shocked if Andy Warhol sold for less than like 10, 15 million dollars, one of those like arbitrary ones, like the, not to mention like the more iconic ones, like the Marilyn Monroe, like you know, quad picture or like the pop art picture or like the uh, Campbell's chicken noodle soup one. I'm sure those go for like 50 mil. I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't, I'm not up to art market prices, but I'd be shocked if it goes for anything less than like 50 to 100 mil. Right or Picasso, Picasso. There's the um, La Avignon de Mademoiselle Avignon hanging in the MoMA, right? There's no fucking way that that's going for less than a hundred million dollars, right? 
So that's what the art market is now for, you know, priceless works of modern art, right? If you factor in the rate of of Metcalf's law, like the the network adoption of NFTs and also what the projected price of Bitcoin and Ethereum, all these things will be at the end of this bull run, right? It's not unreasonable that these crypto punks and whatever in the next wave are going for similar prices as a Warhol. Like I could be, I would be shocked if the first iteration of NFTs are not in like 2025 or whenever isn't selling for like 15, 20 million dollars. And why is that? That's just because we're not just seeing the you're seeing something that seems silly now, but it will guaranteed be the defining paradigm for digital scarcity before the end of the decade, right? We talk about, you know, artists, you know, remember when the whole point of peer-to-peer started um, and like this poetic cycle here of like peer-to-peer started with like Napster and artists being like, oh, you're pirating our music and the whole point of it was you can't use, you can't stop the piracy because there's no digital scarcity. You can just make a copy, right? Um, And so they were transferred on peer-to-peer networks. The, the great irony in eternal recurrence of life is such that on the on the tail end, it's via peer-to-peer networks that we have actually created digital scarcity that cannot be copied and is also being transferred on uh, peer-to-peer networks. And now artists can create their masters and go, this is my master printing. It's one of one. It's a mint one of one. I own it. And this is mine. And this is what and you can have a first edition minting of my masters and that's what I'm using to license to Spotify or this, that, and the other thing. And then everyone else can copy from there, right? And they might have the song, but they don't have the licensing. The official licensing you can track now, right? So there's issues right now with copyright, right? And, I, you know, there are a lot of like DMCA, wrongful DMCA suits and stuff like that. But if you can temporarily rent out licensing for different songs or whatever online then there would be no issue right if I can go to the artist's page and they have their minting and then you it's like you can purchase a first edition or second edition mint uh, DMCA copyright token um, from our that we can print off the NFT and it costs this bunch of Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever and if you are a holder of this token, you have ex- you have complete rights to use it in XYZ fashion, right? You can use it for your video, blah, blah, blah. You can use it on Twitch, etc. And that's how you get around copyrights, un- un- unnecessary copyright suits. Bam. That's a, that's one use case for NFTs. Another use case for NFTs um, could be what I said in the beginning about like property transfer. You can mint uh, deeds and stuff, create smart contracts, etc. That, that mint a deed. Like there's so many... I mean, Iggy Azalea is doing some silly shit about selling the audio from her having sex with her boyfriend for 20K. Remember that Wu-Tang album that uh, Martin Screlly bought for 1.2 mil? That could be NFT'd. He didn't have to have a physical gold printing. I mean, he could have, but he didn't have to. Or maybe it was 20,000. I don't exactly remember how much that costs. Kanye's been in controversy over his masters. Um, There's people, musicians sell their masters constantly. Michael Jackson bought the Beatles Masters and that created a falling out between him and Paul McCartney, right? And they didn't get Beatles on any streaming services until Michael Jackson died. And that was because his estate owned the Masters for the Beatles. So this is just, there's there's so many uh, applications that are just, and that we're just seeing the beginning. We're just seeing the first glimpses of what this can be, right? So right now it's silly and it's hobbyist. But Dogecoin was silly, and it was a hobbyist pursuit. It's literally just a a, a hard fork duplicate of Litecoin, and Litecoin's just a duplicate of Bitcoin, right? So it's like Dogecoin is literally just a copy. It's added. It added absolutely zero. Um, it added absolutely nothing new to the protocol. It's just a literal copy of Litecoin, and they added a meme to. And look at 
look what Dogecoin is now. Same thing with NFTs. We're basically it's the same thing, right? You'd you'd be surprised what actually takes off, and what doesn't. And because you're not fucking, you're not uh, you're not clairvoyant, you can't know ahead of time. But you can get some glimpses, and you know things that are popular. They might be shit, right? They might a lot of the, none of this art is good per se. I can't necessarily say that the blockchain NBA top chain to NBA top shot. Like, their product is good by any stretch of the imagination. It's clunky. It constantly fails. But guess what? It has the official NBA IP. And regardless of what you think about the NBA being super woke, it is. It's fucking performatively woke. It's obnoxious, and it's horrible to watch. But, but, there's a but. The the NBA has gotten progressively more uh, exciting and has become progressively more relevant um, every decade, right? Michael Jordan created the phenomena that made it a worldwide pheno- uh, bas- uh, played sport, whatever, right? It has the apparel. Everyone loves Jordan's shoes, right? And then we have LeBron who kind of... No, then we had Kobe who took out the mantle of, Jordan, mantle of Jordan. And then after Kobe, we have LeBron and Curry and we're in this new whatever. And now we have NFTs and the, it's just... The, the, there's a momentum that's building, and you look stupid trying to fight the momentum because you want a virtue signal about capital. If you want a virtue signal because you think you're above whatever the next technological paradigm is, just don't, just don't, don't think you're smarter than, than the, 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 the march of progress, right? I'm not very big onto like the neoliberal concept of progress. We're not like really, it's not even a real pro- revolution per se but it's revolutionary enough to completely change the way society is structured and you got to respect the pump so i'm gonna leave it at that respect the pump but um yeah so this has been fun um buy some buy some nfts don't spend too much money if you got the money to spend fucking blow it do your thing live your life but if you you know if you're like you feel like that the average person <clears throat> maybe well, maybe with the biden stimulus check if you're in the u.s Take your fourteen hundred dollars. That's gonna be. That's really, technically speaking, like thirty five hundred dollars in debt, based on this uh, this fucking spending bill that he's about to do. Take your fourteen hundred dollars. Put it in fucking Top Shot. Put it in some NFTs and roll the dice, or just buy Bitcoin. I don't know. Do some shit. Roll the dice. What do you have to fucking lose? You didn't have. It was. It's money that was not just given to you anyway. It's free Gibbs. Take your free Gibbs. Actually, you probably were better off buying Ethereum. Uh, this is not financial advice, by the way. IRS, blah, 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 SEC, whoever the fuck regulates that shit. FINRA, I don't know. Don't come for me. Not financial advice. But if I were a betting man, I would say take your $1,400 Biden check, buy an entire Ethereum, and don't touch it for a year. And when it's $20,000, you'll thank me. Or if you're slightly riskier, if you have higher risk tolerance, roll roll the dice and buy an NFT, sit on it for whatever amount of money, sell it for twenty times what it's worth now, or sell it, sit on it for a few years and maybe sell it for a hundred times. Who fucking knows? But that's higher risks. Anyway, that's all I got for this week. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. That's V E R S underscore L A L U N E on Twitter. On Patreon, it's patreon.com slash version 4. That is V-E-R-S-I-O-N and then the number 4. Please subscribe on Patreon. It is very, very helpful. I need to buy... Um, it funds things like cameras, etc. And it makes the grueling process of editing and things like that feel more worthwhile. Um, thank you to all my patrons who already do su- uh, support me. I really appreciate it. Um, and... Thank you to Oh and uh Like share subscribe Please send this to anyone who might be interested in NFTs Or just any of my other content Um I do this about every week Uh the exact day I honestly can't tell you but I'm on Spotify And uh, Apple Podcasts etc So just click the little Notification bell and you'll be able to keep up Um alright yeah anyway Catch you guys later peace